You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. Now we'll be looking at the subject of angels and this morning I want to look at how to secure the help and the assistance of angels in our lives. We will be very practical at the second half of this message, teaching on definite steps that you ought to take. The first half of this message, I will substantiate from the scriptures what angels, how massive and how much might they bring to the table and to establish the kind of assistance that they will bring to your life, that they will rescue you from danger, that they will protect you from danger, that they will bring instruction, all right, away and minister to you in terms of getting your needs met. And we'll start out from the same scripture in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 13 and verse 14 that we're using for this series. And it says, but to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all, not some, all, ministering spirits sent forth, so sent by God, to minister for, sent by God, to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. So the idea behind this, we'll say from the scriptures, is that we pray unto God. He sends angels. God is the one who sends the angels. But they are under instruction to minister for us who shall be heirs of salvation. And so while they are released in answer to our prayers, they come into our space environment and they wait to be activated with our own words that they might carry out the things that they were sent by the Father to do in our own lives. But God has his own part in sending them forth, and then we have our own part because they are to minister for us, and we have to activate them for anything that is spiritual, has to be activated in order for it to become visible in this material world. And words have been given to us to do that. So the minister for us who shall be heirs of salvation, and we see in Romans chapter 10 and verse 10, it tells us that with the heart a man believes unto righteousness, And then with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So angels come, and it's to minister for them who will inherit salvation. And it's with the mouth, confession shall be made unto salvation. Now let me substantiate what I'm saying, and so we understand it. In the book of Zechariah chapter 1, from verse 7 to verse 14, Here we have angels sent forth by God into the earth. And it says, Upon the fourth and twentieth day of the eleventh month, which is the month of Sabbath, in the second year of Dairos, came the word of the Lord unto Zechariah the son of Barashir, 
the son of Adol, the prophet, saying, I saw by night, and behold, a man riding upon a red horse. And he stood among the myrtle trees that were in the bottom, and behind him were red horses, now picture this, and speckled and white. A mulberry tree is a type of trees with the fruit there in Israel. And so there was this man upon the red horse, and he stood among the myrtle trees. It's almost like hiding in the midst of that. And the myrtle trees, I believe, would have been moving in an unusual way because of the angelic presence, we'll see this, among the trees. Now, what did they come to do? Verse 9, it says, Then I said, O my Lord, what are these? And the angel that talked with me, who was different from that angel, said unto me, I will show thee what these be. And the man that stood among the myrtle trees answered. Now, who is that man? Verse 8, it says this, And I saw by night a man riding upon a red horse, and he stood among the myrtle trees. Now, verse 10, it tells us, And the man that stood among the myrtle trees answered and said, these are they whom the Lord has sent to walk to and fro, all right, on the earth. And verse 11. And they answered that the angel of the Lord that stood among the myrtle trees. So it was an angel. They were sent, verse 10, by God to walk to and fro the earth. So God sent in angels to do things. Now in verse 11 it tells us. And they answered the angel of the Lord that stood among the myrtle trees and said, we have walked to and fro. People didn't know. The angels who were moving around to and fro through the entire earth. And I believe they come into certain places and there will be some unusual movement, but people won't take notice. It will be like wind that will be blowing, but people just keep going on, not knowing there is angelic activity around in the invisible realm. Now it goes on there. Let's look at it. It says, to and fro the whole earth, and behold, the whole earth seated still and is at rest. Nothing is happening, but we're here. Verse 12. Then the angel of the Lord answered and said, O Lord of hosts, how long will thou have mercy upon, have not mercy upon Jerusalem and the cities of Judah, against whom thou hast had this indignation threescore and ten years? And the Lord answered the angel that talked with me with the good words and comfortable words. And the angel communed with me and said, cry thou saying. In other words, begin to say something. The angels are all around. They're waiting for a cry. Cry thou saying. That's God told that angel, tell him to cry the prophet. Say, thus hear the Lord. I am jealous for Jerusalem and for Zion with great jealousy. And then he went on and said, and I'm very sore displeased that the heathen that were at ease, for I was a little displeased, and they helped for all their affliction. Verse 16, therefore, thus said the Lord, I am returned to Jerusalem with mercies. He said, say that, and my house shall be built in it, say the Lord of hosts, and lines shall be stretched forth upon Jerusalem. Now, now, the angels were there, but they needed a voice on the earth. The whole earth was still and was at rest. And the angel said, we have gone to and fro. They were sent by God to minister for them. Who shall inherit salvation? Those they came to minister for have to have their voice out there. There must be a cry. 
which means a declaration if we're going to see that kind of activity. So angels, I want to establish this, are very powerful beings. David saw an angel in 1 Chronicles chapter 21 and verse 16, and this is what he said in 1 Chronicles 21. And David lifted up his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord stand between the earth and the heaven. In other words, he stood there and his head was, was in the clouds, having a drawn sword in his hands, stretched out over Jerusalem. One angel, a drawn sword, stretched out over the entire Jerusalem, and people were dying there. And David and the elders who were clothed in sackcloth fell upon their faces. So they saw things that were happening, and it was an angel with a drawn sword standing over the entire city, which means there's one angel standing over the entire city there, whether it's Ibadan, whether it's Lagos, Abuja, standing over the entire city with a sword. Now, we're not talking about what people paint, little creatures that they paint. Some of these things, the enemy does that so that we have a wrong image and picture of who angels are, massive beings. Matthew 28 and verse 2, it tells us, And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. A great earthquake, angelic operation. So we need to see the assistance of angels and we need to secure their assistance. And this is what I want to show today. Before and back in, seeing the assistance of angels, what these beings are capable of doing. In other words, one angel moving in a particular direction with its size, you understand. And that the cry of a man on this earth regulates the activities of that angel according to the details of the prayer that you offered up unto God. We'll see this. For angels are very detailed beings that follow the instruction and will not deviate from it. For they understand consequence of disobedience. So we need to secure the assistance before we embark on things in the natural. This is the secret. The secret, therefore, after they sat down at the right hand and said, now you angels go forth. You are going to be the ones that will minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. They can't enter into these things that Jesus has provided, having purged that sin and sat on the right hand of the Father without angelic involvement there. In Numbers chapter 11 and verse 32, this is what angels want to do. The Bible says, And the people stood up all that day and all that night, and all the next day, and they gathered the quilt, and he that gathered least gathered ten homers, and spread them all abroad for themselves round about the camp. Put the amplified version up, please. It tells us, and the people rose up all that day, and all night, and all the next day, and caught and gathered the quilt, and he that gathered the least, all right, ten homers, and they were spread them out for themselves round about the camp, all right, to cure them by drive. So everybody gathered in large numbers. What did they do? They went to gather the quilts, and I was listening, and it was the first time I heard this scripture this way. Dr. Paul Yongicho, 
and was preaching and said he was believing God, all right, for the growth of his church and was going about certain things. And God said, you go read Numbers chapter 11 from verse 30 to verse 32. Now, let's put up from verse 30 there to verse 32. Now, they gathered, all right? Moses went back into the camp and he and the elders of Israel, verse 31. And there went forth first a wind from the Lord and brought quails from the sea. Now, the real work was the wind of the Lord that brought the quails from the sea and let them fall so that they flew low, governed by the wind. Beside the camp, about a day's journey on this side and the other side, and all around the camp, about two cubits above the ground, the wind brought that. Then verse 32, and the people rose up all the day and all the night the next day and caught and gathered the quilt. But it was the wind that brought, and then the men gathered. So God told him, he said, there has to be the activity of the wind first. Because if it was the human beings that tried to go and get them from the sea and all of that, they wouldn't have had all of that. It would have taken them how long? Over 100 years to be able to gather those things together, the way they were all piled up. The quails are not going to wait for you while you're coming in their direction. But a wind went out from the Lord. Now, I want to show these are angels. And they went and brought out the quails there such that they gathered. So what God wants the experience of the Christian on this earth to be is that the wind precedes our activity such that when we step out, what we are doing is gathering in what the angels of the Lord have produced. Now you can understand how Peter said, we toiled all night and caught nothing. It was the wind of the Lord that brought the fish out. And then the angel of God. And then they let down their nets. So what we need to understand is how to secure these. When Jehoshaphat, they were praising God. And the people began to fight. The Philistines and Jebusites, all of them began to fight Amorites among themselves. That was the wind of God in their midst. Such that the Bible says it took them three days to gather spoil. And there was so much that was there. But angels first of all. And when Jesus' father and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies, precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering, just like the quilts, just like Peter. Same DNA here. Three days gathering more than they could take away. So they gathered, but somebody else brought it forth. What they did was to gather. And that's what God wants for us, all right, as people. Revelation chapter 7, just to show you this wind, all right, that came forth. They are angels. Revelation 7 and verse 1. And after these things, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth holding the four winds of the earth, of the earth. The four winds were held by angels. And the wind that should not blow on the earth, nor the sea, nor on any tree. So there were four winds there, and there were four angels at the four corners of the earth. Therefore, when we look at Zechariah chapter 2 and verse 1 to verse 6, now we begin to understand 
all right, issues even with church. I lifted up my eyes again and looked, behold, a man with a measuring line in his hand. The next verse says, then said I, whither goest thou? And he said to measure Jerusalem to see what is the bread thereof, what is the land thereof. Verse 3, and behold, the angel that talked with me went forth and another angel went out to meet him. And they said, Ron, speak to this young man. Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls for the multitude of men and cattle. The word cattle is used to describe, all right, economic strength. For it was an agro-economy. And so when you talk about cattle, you're talking about the measure of wealth they will have. It says they will be inhabited as towns without limitations. You look at them, you know there's no limitation on these people. Uh, because of the multitude of men and the cattle or material substance. Now, next verse. He said, for I said the Lord will be unto her a wall of fire round about her, and I, the Lord says, I'll be in the glory in the midst of her. But verse 6, he says, ho, ho, come forth, free from the land of the north, said the Lord, for I have spread you abroad as the four winds of the heaven. I have spread you abroad, the winds there again, in operation. And so in Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse 9, we understand these four winds. Then said he, prophesy unto the winds. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind. Therefore, you have to say to angels. But what you say must be given to you by God. We'll get to this. Thus said the Lord God. So what you're saying is what the Lord God is saying. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon this slain that they may live. So here was prophesying on dry bones. And the winds he was speaking to there, angelic beings. So we are missing out on a lot. We are to work under the covering of angels. What do I mean by covering of angels? Angels should be released first. And as they enter into the affairs of men and enter into places and things, and they do the work there, then we are to step into and through the doors that they have opened up for us. So how do we secure their involvement? Through prayers. And it's when we pray the word of God. In other words, we're praying out God's word. We'll see this. Angels will not, let me say this here. Angels will not do anything outside of the commandment, which is the command or the instruction of the Father. They can't come into the earth and you, quote unquote, use them to do, get things other than that which is said in the word of God about your situation from causing that particular thing, all right, to happen. So angels will not do anything outside of the command. They will not, for they know what landed Lucifer into trouble, self-will. In other words, suddenly the system and the whole doesn't matter. It is your own personal agenda. He said, I want to be like the Most High, above the stars, 
I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. A proclamation that was not inspired by God cost him everything. And so in the book of Jude chapter 5, Jude verses 5 to 9, it says this, I will therefore put you in remembrance. It says, though you once knew this, how that the Lord haven't saved the people out of the land of Egypt, it goes on to say, afterwards destroyed them that believed not. And then it goes on, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation. So their own habitation. They left their own habitation. Every angel had its place. They left their own habitation. Look at what happened to them. He hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. So angels will not play this with you. Verse 7. It says, even as Sodom and Gomorrah, the cities, or I gave themselves over to fornication to go after strange flesh. Verse 8. Likewise, all these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, that's government, and speak evil of dignities. Verse 9. Yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. He did not bring a railing accusation against him, but said, the Lord rebuked thee. That even when he was disputing over the body of Moses with Lucifer, he followed divine order. So they don't play with it. Psalm 103 Verse 20 to 22. This is what they are all about. Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments. That do whose commandments the Lord. Hearkening to the voice of his word. In other words, when you give voice to the word of God, they hearken only to that. Verse 21. It tells us, bless ye the Lord, all his hosts, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. So it's God's pleasure. So they're very conscious, all right, of acts of disobedience, deviation from the commandment and instruction of God, and self-will. They don't joke with it. Look at Herod, what the angel did to Herod. In Acts chapter 12, verse 21 to 24, prayers had been offered. And on a set date, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. That's the people. And then they responded and gave a shout saying, it is the voice of a God and not the voice of a man. Verse 23. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him. This is why. All right? You shouldn't let people's applause, 
praises get into your head. Many people have run into trouble in the things of God because they opened up their ears to flattery. So listening, nothing happened to the men that were, that were shouting is the voice of a God. It is you that takes the praises, allows it to sink. And then you elevate yourself. The Bible tells us in verse 20, all right, two there. It says, let's look at it. And Bo gave on verse 23. And the Bible says, and immediately, they didn't wait. The angel of the Lord smote him immediately. Because he gave not God the glory. Uh, so if an angel is in a space here, uh, it's, you have to be watchful. That you give God the glory. Uh, and, and you don't deal with uh, the praise of men. Or allow the words of men to get into a part of your being. That you now think that you are better off than other people and have a sense of superiority. There was a, a, a pastor back then, a mighty minister of God. I think he had probably the largest church, largest ministry in terms of material, which means the, the budget of the ministry back then in the world then, in the world. I used to listen to him on radio. Listen to him on radio. He had, he had a station, all right, it was an American in, in, in Liberia. I used to beam throughout the whole of West Africa, I used to listen to him. There was a day I was listening to him in a campus fellowship, just in my earphones, and the spiritual, he wasn't the president, but was like a mentor, just said, who is that you're listening to? And brought it there, snatched it, removed the tape, and said, don't listen. Don't let this thing inside this man get into you. And he showed me something that Dr. Robert said. He said, Satan has put something inside your heart that makes you feel that you are better off than every other person. It wasn't, I lie not. God is my witness. Two weeks, the entire ministry caved in from something that happened. So it had to be angelic operations right there. This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.